Welcome to Eterna. Keep your dice rolling, your friends close, your monsters closer, and don't let the old gods bite. This podcast is an Eldritch Dream Games production. A dark fantasy Pathfinder game laced deep with cosmic horror. We'd like to thank our patrons for making these things possible. Brian Bridges, Donald Bewley, Eric S. Pat, Frog Shark, Robin Mims, Thomas Wayne Haley, Rip Rex, and Tim Demuse. We'd also like to honor the memory of Wesley Sullivan. Now, let us listen. Last time on Dungeon Ball Z, you cured Ekron, presumably, uh, of his negative levels or quote unquote the curse. And we're exiting the creepy, creepy umbral path with all the shadow people. And they're probably crushing despair. You had previously gotten into the area with the altar uh, by answering a sphinx many riddles nobody failed although that may have been done with aid Uh, so nobody got petrified which was not stated to be the fail state but (laughs) that's what would have happened so we now return with the group exiting from once they came ultimately uh into the uh into the shadow plane exiting the deep shadow and the storm that kind of pushed y'all on inward a little bit faster than you had intended is still there and it's still a big bad storm is raining heavily uh the trees around do help to sort of lighten the wind some but the trees themselves sway uh and rattle and are being trees in a storm generally so the storm is still raging with you exiting shadow you are in the back of the cart with ekron yes she has promised to stay with him until he wakes up so he uh, upon the sound of cracking thunder and rain a heavy rain beating down on the roof of the cart um, he groggily uh, raises himself up. <clears throat> it's like, so we're out then. Yes, it uh, sounds like it. Um, Green Malkin does not seem to like this storm much, does he? Cats and water. How are you feeling? Comparatively great. Little, little fuzzy, still like waking up after a particularly long nap. Well, you look much better. You could be my grandfather now instead of my grandfather. <laughs> I'll take that as a, I'll take that as a compliment. It is meant as one. You had said uh, before that you were about ninety. That that I am. And I know that if uh, Mama had not been killed, she would be in her 60s. So 
then I think you have been adopted. You are my grandfather now. Not entirely sure that's how that works. <laughs> it is now. Do not worry. I do this. I have new brothers and everything. So now I have a grandfather. I've been here for that. <laughs> Grandpapa. Well, it sounds like the storm is still going. No telling how long it will last. There should be... There should be a shallow town nearby. Uh, through this weather, maybe two hours east. I can help show the way. Yes, you should go talk to Truth because, you know, I am just a dumb little sister. I don't know things. So. Uh, that's not how that works, but I will go speak with him. And he will get up, kind of like stretch before hopping out of the back of the cart. <clears throat> and she'll follow him out. So, who was driving the two carts? Uh, the leafy boy. Me thinks. Yeah, well, leafy boy would be driving the Vardo. Yeah, you'll have two carts. Mm. I mean, I, I can't drive them both. <laughs> uh, I think you could if you tried really. You have two arms, right? No. I mean, oh. I could have Box carry the other one, maybe. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, uh, leaf on probably the Vardo, and then... Um, I don't know. I don't think Riley's driving. Um, Nina, obviously. Yeah, does Nina know how to drive a wagon? <laughs> Reasonably. Then, yeah, she could do it. And I figured um, Russo could hang out with her and we'll uh, push that ship, I guess. <laughs> no, no, you don't push ships. That makes them roll over. Uh, Leaf, you would see Ekron uh, come out and... Uh, Truth had been walking ahead of the group as a whole, and they will go uh, converse. It's relatively short, simple, straightforward. There's a town this way. I can help you know, find a path through which everything will fit. Uh, and it seems to be uh, agreeable, the truth. Uh, and... He'll motion to you, Leaf, and to Nina and Russo to uh, follow. And unless there's anything in particular, uh, about two hours later, um, you will hit a much thinner patch of forest that uh, appears to have been logged at some point, given the number of stumps around. Uh, and a sort of town in a bit of disrepair uh, by appearance uh, emerges out of the shadow as you approach. Are there any signs posted outside said town? Uh, make me a perception. Oh, you're gonna get a perception. <laughs> One perception coming right up. Natural 20 for a total of 35. Get smoked. I see through to the material plane and find our <laughs> next level up. <laughs> so uh, you do indeed uh, see a very overgrown and uh, weather battered looking sign 
actually a little while back, um, perhaps town was a little uh, generous. This is more of a village. But there is a sign uh, held up by a pile of rocks, and and the paint on it is extraordinarily faded. Uh, if you would like to inspect it closer, you can go find things, but there is a sign. You'd have What's to like, clear Say. it off. So you go, I, you clear it off. I see through the dust. You, see, you don't see through the dust. Wait, <laughs> there is no, it's not dusty. There's like brambles and whatnot. I see through the vines, the brambles. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm the dang ass druid. I tell the brambles to get the heck out of the way. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I, I do inspect Hello. it. Um, uh, the carving into the sign is very faint, worn, but it seems to have the name Algoth, uh, A L G O T H. Oh, I uh, hate that. Carved into it. Um, it, it's not like a creepy name or anything, uh, in terms of like local naming customs for the material plane. Um, oh, God. Yes, beyond that, there is a little village um, that appears uh, abandoned, but that is not horribly uh, foreign to you, having been in such a town uh, prior. You can probably come to imagine quite easily that there is a permanent establishment here on the material plane that has bled through and echoes here in the shadow plane. Interesting. <clears throat> but the people don't echo through. Um, not to your knowledge, no. Hmm. You, you don't see any people anyway. So I, I guess in in these echo translations to the shadow plane, like would the material plane equivalent of the town also be all goth? Or does like the the, the shadow plane like give it a new name? Uh you would imagine uh give me a planar check. Um that's really funky. 22. Um, so you think the material town is called Algoth? Um, there's no signs of like overpainting or additional uh, carving on the on, on the sign. So it's likely just an echo of what's in the material plane. Uh, and you remember from before uh, that that Shadow's grandmother does said that they don't live in shadow towns uh, because they can change without any real warning. Okay, yeah, good. I'm I'm, I'm glad that this is, is how it worked out because if it was like the shadow plane itself translating or like changing names from like the normal to like the hot topic name of the town, it would have been real creepy. Like, oh, the material plane, San Francisco, but in the shadow plane, it's Satan Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> no, that would be... That would be... Hell. That would do that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna copy this city. The, the name of the town ends in goth. It's definitely already the hot topic version of the town. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I, I think um, after, after clearing, not all golf flu or whatever the fuck it is. Oh, 
I don't even know what that is, and it sounds terrible. Uh, At least it's not Vail. Texas. <laughs> Vail. <laughs> Veiled masters and uh, um, other deep sea ancient nasties. Um, anyway, so yes, on the sign uh, for says Olgoth, <laughs> and you enter the empty village. Uh, there doesn't seem to be much in the way of like smaller items or objects around it, it seems and with your prior um prior check you would know that only things that really don't move much or at the very least stay in a very dedicated state for long periods of time or the bulk of their time echo into the shadow plane so like there are doors but but like the doors for example look a little less right than like the buildings themselves and stuff because the doors you would imagine in the material plane move but in the uh in the shadow plane their echoes are sort of distorted a little bit uh would that knowledge check have identified what happens if for for instance if if like i pried the sign off of the post that it's attached to um you you would pry the sign away um the there's a 22 right yeah so you would know that eventually uh the echo from a material plane will um will reconstitute and the part that you pried away will fade into non-existence oh so it just like dissipates it doesn't like melt into goo or something right it kind of just fades like becoming slowly transparent into a shadow and then it's gone but like that takes some time like you could have the sign for a decent amount of time before that would happen hmm okay uh that's that's really what i wanted to know <laughs> uh but you would know that um shadow probably has more context as to why and how such things happen as well as ekran and uh truth as they are all from here um <clears throat> then i think he would just kind of like shout out something and sylvan and basically like call for wasabi <laughs> and um you know give him a little pat on the shoulder and say wasabi can can you go find shadow for me please <laughs> wow. he runs off. <laughs> he's suddenly luigi <laughs> <laughs> i gotta i gotta make like a fat wasabi and like a weird skinny wasabi to make like waluigi and wario uh, <laughs> it's gonna happen. Have all of Mushroom Kingdom built out of plants. <laughs> well, no, you've already got wasabi. You need to make a sabi. Okay, that's that's fair, I guess. <laughs> Dang, he got me. I, so wasabi <laughs> is the skinny weird one. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so uh Shadow, um would you still be chilling in the back of the cart or no, I said I, I, I said I'd call Ekron out. Okay. So Wasabi comes running up to you. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> uh, he like, he, he like tug, tugs on your 
on <laughs> on your cloak. Wasabi. <laughs> Wear a cloak. Oh. Or okay. he tugs on your clothes somewhere. Or your hair. <laughs> and she'll bend down and pick him up. He'll point. I I think I have to uh, follow. The- but yeah, she'll just tell truth and accurate. I I think I need to go with this little one. Is everything okay? Uh, says truth. I assume so. Nobody is screaming. All right, and they'll they'll continue further uh, towards the village. Yeah, like I don't think she'll even walk. She'll just kind of step back and wait for the line to catch up. I'm back. You are being waited on. Up ahead, oh. slightly. Yeah, Shadow has stopped walking and kind of stood back out of the way to let the the Vardo catch up with her. All right. Uh, then she's, uh, hold- she's holding Wasabi like a little kid. Then I think um, he would wave as he got into closer proximity and say, um, <clears throat> "I I stopped and I looked at the sign on the way in." Uh, this town's apparently called Algoth on the material plane. Uh, this reflection is very interesting. Uh, I, I only know so much about the shadow plane, though. I thought you might be able to uh, explain a little better. What is it that you want to know? How do these things come to be? What are they made of? They are made of everything that the shadow plane is made out of. They are shadow stuff, and uh, they are they are real, but uh, they are not uh, they are not real in the same sense as if uh, you built uh, the building out of wood. So it uh, whatever it is like a mirror that it held up, but uh, the image gets distorted in a way. I see. So, the town's uh, actual shadow plane name is Fogla. Fogla. Yeah, it just um, like it is okay to stay for a short time. It is not someplace you would want to live because if something has changed drastically in the material plane then you can wake up and find that it has changed here. And, hmm. uh, of course, like if like if a storm rolls through the material plane and destroys stuff, the people there, they know something bad is happening because they know the storm. But uh, the weather is not the same here, so you don't know what is happening or why your houses fall apart. So you do not live in these places, but uh, they, they can offer safe uh, place to stay the night or so. So my understanding is, if you take something from one of these structures, it fades away. Uh, how does building things in the plane of shadows function? Well, if you wanted to uh, build something, you would cut down the tree and build it. Um, these, but these are not uh, made of things. They are uh, they are, are made from kind of a, a bleed over. It is. Hard to explain, but things that mm. happen in one plane can affect the other. But they are only uh, kind of semi-real. Oh, neat. 
<laughs> Thank you, Shadow. And then, you know, and mushes the cart forward. You want to throw a stubby back? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, thank she's you. carrying him. Pick him up by his bulbous head and set him on the seat next to me. Grab him by the head. Yeah. I think when she's through talking to Leaf, she'll still just kind of hang back, uh, wait for the end of the line to show up because she knows uh, Void's back there and she'll walk with him. Um, could I make like a knowledge local and see if I can learn anything about Algoth? I sure you can try. Skadoosh, 24. 24. You cannot stop me. I know um, things. The name kind of rings a bell. Uh, it's a small, uh, logging village. Um, you heard the name mentioned a little bit while you were in Thorn. Uh, you don't have any express knowledge about it, but uh, you know of its existence, its name, and its general purpose, which was logging. Oh, okay. Uh, my curiosity has been sated. Okay. The smaller the village gets, the harder the check is. Burn down some more, make it harder. No. Uh, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> I love it, and I need a source now. Yeah, I don't know what the source is. <laughs> I just found it when a friend of mine described eating a giant sandwich by unhinging his jaw. Um... I looked for an unchanging a jaw reaction gif and I found that and I was like, oh my. <laughs> okay. Um, <clears throat> so you head into town. Uh, Ekron uh, will kind of, as you reach a decently, you know, structured area, will turn and suggest that everybody pick a place. Um, to Bunkin for now uh, as all these buildings are pretty small like it could be kind of uncomfortable to cram everybody off in one well like Shadow is perfectly comfortable here so she just will like pick a house and move in <laughs> Like, you know, set up for the night. Right. Like, she's she's fine. She don't care. Yeah, I mean, we can all start <clears throat> just fanning out and taking over whatever really works. All right. Well, I only sleep four hours. And you <clears throat> technically don't even have to sleep, sleep. Sleep, sleep. Yeah. <laughs> That's the noise he makes when he trances. <laughs> sleep, 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 sleep. <laughs> All right. So, uh, <clears throat> Akron will uh, come to you, Shadow. Be like, now that I'm well again, there's some preparations I need to make before we head on further. I'll need to be by on my own for a bit. 
Well, there are plenty of houses here. Just uh, pick one and uh, lock the door and don't let the others in. Mm, I'll have to go out into the woods. Oh, okay. That is fine, too. Um, you might let the Mr. Morheim know so he does not worry. Because his whole guild will be looking for you so they could save you. And I don't think you need saving. I can take care of myself, especially in these woods. I think so. You look like you are very strong now. I will see you probably tomorrow, if not the next day. Okay. Well, we need to wait out this storm anyway, and uh, it is no telling how long people will I will go inform Mr. Morheim then. And so, Mr. Morheim. Ah, yes, that's me. And by me, I mean the character I'm playing today. No, I want to talk to the real Riley Morheim in real life. Oh, let me just rip off my face mask then in real life, and then we'll be good to go. <laughs> no, this there's a don't you know there's a pandemic? Don't rip your face mask off. I like to live dangerously. <laughs> <laughs> Social distancing. Yeah, for myself. Yeah, I like to get as far away from my own skin as possible. I can help you with that. Can you? There's some spots I can't reach. Oh, we don't have to worry about that. <laughs> Good answer. Just gonna do it like a rabbit. Just one yank. Um, <laughs> I bet, Sean. I bet it's just one yank. So Chris and Hats are sharing a room, right? <laughs> <laughs> Akron will, uh, will come find you and inform you that he needs to go into the woods alone for about a day, possibly two. Um, Riley will like cock a curious eyebrow and say, um, far be it from me to tell you how to live your life, but that's very curious from my standpoint. There are beasts in the woods that I need to commune with. Well, okay, I suppose that kind of answers that. I need to retrieve my animal companion class feature. Oh, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Now I totally understand. (laughs) (laughs) Well, are you sure you'll be safe on your own? I can take care of myself, especially now. But thank you for the concern. Yes, of course. Any problems? Simply come find us and we'll help you out. Or scream and hopefully we'll hear you. Can do. With this rain, screams don't carry far. No, but we do have a very perceptive elf in the party. This is fair. Take care. I'll see you in a day or two. You as well. And he will head off into the darkness. Adley, uh, as he wanders off, just goes, oh, I should have asked him for an animal companion. Next time. I'll have to remember to ask next time. It'd be so cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, Akron heads off. And with that, We'll be splitting up our people, dividing up uh, into places. A lot of these places have enough room for two people to comfortably fit and kit, so to speak. I am taking Void with me, and if my brother wants to come too, he can, but he cannot allow to be an ass. <laughs> <laughs> so he'll he'll go with you, uh, and try not to be an ass within reason possibly oh she knows he's gonna be a complete ass that's what he does 
Riley. Well, um, if these places only really have room for like, I think you said two, right? I reasonably. Like, if you um, want any privacy at all, or like your own bed. Um, let's see. Which the beds are a little weird, but more comfortable than the floor for sure. I don't know if the uh, the the guild, the close members of the guilds, uh, wish to kind of have a slumber party and one person, Riley will even offer to just kind of like throw his bedroll down, sleep on the floor, so that um, Russo and Nina can actually have beds, and then Leaf can trance in the corner if he really wants. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, super rude. Or, you know, kick Nina out of her bed, I guess, if you want to be an asshole. Like, you do you. <laughs> Put the offers there. Oh, no, that's fine. The elf sleeps on the floor. That's fine. Riley's also going to sleep on the floor. <laughs> and you don't sleep. I mean, for one, Leaf has a bed. Yeah, I'll, I'll zonk out in the Vardo. That's fine. Honestly, I kind of assumed you would, but I figured I'd offer you to sleep in the corner, to trance in the corner of our room anyways. The cool kids clubhouse. It seems like Riley doesn't want to be alone. <laughs> well, no, it's it's more so that he doesn't really want to split up the party too, too much. And if uh, the uh, Shadow Clan are all hanging out in their cool little uh, clubhouse, and the, the guild should also be open to hanging out in their, their little clubhouse. <laughs> oh, Russo will come and join you at the very least. <laughs> um... <laughs> And Nina will, uh, I suppose, find sleeping arrangements nearby as well. Like in a different building or same one? Uh, the same one. Okay, because I was about to say, it's probably not super safe for her to go crash on her own. Uh, and Winda, um, Winda will... Actually, no, that's that's right. Window was guarding her. So her and Window will go get uh, a building. Oh, okay. That's fair. That seems agreeable. Then Leaf should totally come hang out with uh, Russo and Riley. Riley will even offer him the bed and offer to sleep on the floor. Nah. Fine. I get it. I see how it be. I'm, I'm, I'm above uh, sleeping with the riffraff. You, you two are fine. <sighs> wow. I, I seem to remember there being a a somewhat out of context statement of uh, Leaf viewing uh, humans as pets. <laughs> you don't sleep in the dog kennel. Wah! Wah! <laughs> oh man, you didn't take a lot of things that Leaf say, says and make him sound a lot more evil than he is, or exactly as evil as he's not pretending to he be. He has, he has a he one of his uh, dedication things is good. He's the only one that had like an alignment dedication or loyalty. Oh, mine's really fucking close. <laughs> Scum! How dare! Still, no. So this is fine then. Um, the lot of you have not rested since yesterday, or like since the morning of yesterday you've pushed through the night for all this so i think for now everyone probably takes the rest that they need sounds dope 
It's fine with me. Shadow just cuddle up the void and go to sleep. She don't care. Okay. As long as so, she has somebody to cuddle with, she's good. <laughs> oh, actually, um, just because it, it kind of happens between sessions, I suppose, uh, if you don't mind me introducing this or at least hinting at it a little bit, one of the mm-hmm. new uh, mythic things that I got. I feel like um, like just this evening, um, as he's packing up and stuff, um, maybe Riley notices that there's something different, at least a little bit, about his rapier. Um, I mean, it already went through that magical enhancement where we slapped that uh, lightning longsword into it. But yeah. um, uh, at this point, I think that uh, with the killing of that, that creature, the, the misty, weird creature... Um, and uh, just traveling through the shadow plane, uh, Riley m- maybe starts thinking that he wonders if he's never really noticed it before, which is weird considering he's always wielded this weapon. Um, but it just maybe the the blaze feels just slightly lighter than he thought or a little bit warmer um, or maybe even gives off just a little bit of light even here in the shadow plane. Um it's just a noticeable thing and like holding it up he's sure uh russo probably doesn't notice anything it's just these minute changes that him having wielded his father's rapier for so long notices that the weapon has changed slightly somehow some way and he reflects on that for a little bit okay so Next, there are some things we are going to go into. Technically, before slash during slash immediately after this rest, in dependence of order. So, we're going to begin with uh, the shadow group. And <clears throat> so, you go, you all go to, you start going to go to bed, dragging Void along with you. And Truth is just like, where do you think you're going? To sleep? I am tired. Why are you dragging him along? I'm not dragging. He goes everywhere with me. Hardly appropriate, you think? What is not appropriate? You're going to sleep with him? I sleep with him every night. Speaking of out of context quotes. <laughs> <laughs> So what then? What what? You're going to tell me that I've been wrong this whole time then? I said sleeping, not fucking. <laughs> right. Right. I'm, I I I don't know what you want me to tell you. I'm not a hole like you. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> At first, I thought you said whole. And I was like, what? And ah, that's also a thing. <laughs> he gets he gets blue in the face. Um, <clears throat> he, he, he does not look happy <laughs> at all. What does it matter in now? Because he's just using you like he does everyone else. Oh, here we go with this again. 
So what, uh, he is using me as a, a heater to keep himself warm? I'm not going to pretend to know exactly why he's doing it. Just that he is. Because that is what he does. It is his purpose. It is not what he does to me. Oh, you really need to get over it, yes? First of all, he did not ask to sleep beside me. He has never asked to sleep beside me. I brought him to sleep beside me because I sleep better. So do not tell me that he is up to something because I really did not give him a choice in the matter. It was my doing. I'm telling you that he has always been manipulating you. Oh, he is manipulating me. How is he manipulating me? Let me let me hear this. It is his express purpose to lie, manipulate, and change the way that people feel. He does not lie to me. He does not manipulate me. He does not try to tell me to do any damn thing. Because he knows I will do what I want anyhow. That's the worst part. He makes you think that it's what you want to do. Oh, that is not true. Because if we were doing what I want to do, we would be fucking... <laughs> there is a sudden there is a sudden awkward silence throughout the room <laughs> not even the rain can pierce it but uh he looks <laughs> so any more brilliant insight brother he he is gritting his teeth and you can tell that uh, he he's doing his best. He he is doing his best to not lash out in, with with an extreme impulse at the moment. Um, <clears throat> he just shrugs off what was left of his armor, grabs um, grabs a satchel at his side, and says, "See if I give a fucked in." and. Uh, goes out the front door. Oh, he is going to have a little power. Is he? <laughs> I think it's probably best that we leave him to it. He'll come down. He cannot be mad at me. But not for long. When he wants to speak to me in a reasonable manner, instead of throwing accusations at me, then I will talk to him. Well... That was a bit of a bombshell, and, uh, you, know, <coughs> you did give me the cold shoulder for, like, three days. That was different, number one. He's number a much two, angrier I did not person know. than you. <laughs> I did not know that you understood what we said. Um, because you were speaking in Aqua? We, we, we always speak in one of the native tongues. Not an uncommon language where we're from. I did not know you spoke it, though. It's not talked at the temple. Of course it's not talked at the temple, and I know many languages. I know how to read more than I know how to speak, though, but I picked up enough. Well, it would have been nice to know that before I said that, but okay. A fair chance any other language you would have picked, I know a decent amount of, too. Well, good for you for being so smart. <laughs> but mm, I have to think. Hold on. <laughs> Don't hurt your brain. 
Uh, he'll he'll head head in the room. It's like you can do what you want, whether you want to want or not, or want to not do what you want. It's up to you. Just go to sleep. Then sleep. And nothing will happen. <laughs> Leaf. Me. There, there is a somewhat aggressive, but not panic knock at your door. Yes. I, I guess, like, I, I don't know how elves meditate. I, I would, like, in my head, he's just sitting, like, cross-legged on the ground with his, his like, hands out or something to the side. But I, I don't know. He's, he's like, meditating, and so it's pretty quick to snap out of. And, uh, yes. It's truth. Can I come in? By all means. And he'll, uh, he'll open the door. Um... He has a sort of a a bundle in his hand. <clears throat> I heard from Shadow that you do things with items. You can fix things. Perhaps. What is it you need? Oh, when I was dealing with the demon in the Black Keep, it broke my sword to finish it. I was wondering if you could fix that. This new sword that you found in the amongst the dead from before is certainly suitable work for now, but I'd prefer to have my sword back. Sure. Place it on the table and I'll give it a look. Um, You'll place the bundle on the table. Uh, I, I, I can tell you come morning uh, about how long I should expect this process to take. I thank you. And if you need anything to help, I will do what I can. You'll be the first to know. I'll nod and kind of uh, make me a sense motive. <laughs> Sensing the motive. That's a 10. <laughs> so, uh, he seems kind of grumpy and terse, but that kind of seems to be your uh, your general idea of how he's performed, how he's been so far. So, so nothing out of the ordinary. Yeah. Um, and he'll thank you and he will you will leave. And um, I guess I'll, I'll take a moment to inspect the bundle and take a measure of what it is I might need for this. Okay, so it is a um, greatsword, as as he is apt to use. It is broken into um, two major pieces with a handful of shards. Uh, near the break point. Um, the metal near the shatter point seems almost half melted, like they were under extreme heat during the strike, but still brittle enough to break. Uh, so you figure without a forge, um, you would likely need some uh, magic to fix it. Uh -huh. Um, and mending definitely wouldn't help. 
Um, mending, I don't think can heal magical object, but um, it magic has current... items that are destroyed at zero hit points or less can be repaired with the spell, but the spell does not restore their magic abilities. Yeah. Okay. So you could piece it back together, um, but it it wouldn't give it its magic back. Hmm. Okay. So I I imagine he just wants the magical properties of the the broken sword imbued into the new one. Is that the correct interpretation? Uh, he, he wants his sword back. Oh. Um. Like the sword y'all found is somebody else's. It's a decent sword, but it's not his sword. Okay, then I guess his his sword, like the, the broken sword, is definitely magical, though, right? Uh, the broken sword is or was magical. Yes, you can see the trace, um, sort of echo within them. Hmm. You figure yeah. that's a bit beyond your um, purview of restoration, though. Right. Bummer. Okay, yeah, then I, I guess, you know, come morning, it takes like 10 minutes per mending spell, so he might spend a couple hours uh, trying to put that thing back together, make it in one piece. Yeah. Uh, cool. I think great swords have like, what, 10 hit points? Yeah, it's Something it, like that. Not gonna take a stupid amount of time. Two-handed blade, yeah, ten hit points. Uh, his would actually have twelve, but because That's it's masterwork. masterwork. Yep. <sighs> yeah. His his sword, though broken, looks like a very nice sword. So, um, yeah, I think he will. Uh, go ahead and go back into it. Just, just carefully replace the bundle uh, back on the table, and then go back into his meditations to finish his rest. So we now go on to Riley. So you're yes. focusing on this, uh, these small changes to your sword, reflecting on them, perhaps writing in your journal, doing things that you do before you go to bed. Yes, Riley stuff. Riley stuff, yeah. So I feel like during this time, something that happens often enough that it doesn't like catch you by surprise or anything, but uh, um, still probably infrequently enough to make you notice is your parents' uh, voices in your head. Um, they're kind of drowned out by the sound of the rain on the roof, but you can hear them almost as if they were in the other room, uh, kind of talking, bickering. Um, um sorry. Uh, like if it's persistent, um, is Russo awake or did he turn in by this point? Uh, he turned in, but it hasn't been long, so you can imagine he's still awake. Okay, then, yeah, if so, uh, like, Riley would just, like, wait to see if it keeps going. Like, if it's not, like, just a couple of minutes of, oh, I think I hear someone talking, or I think I hear my parents talking. Um, so if it persists, 
but he can't quite make it out because of the rain, then he'd probably like slowly close the, the journal and uh, stealthfully creep across the room to whichever wall seems to be most adjacent to the noise to try to give a closer listen. You put your ear against the wall and almost as if your parents were actually on the other side of that wall. Um, you hear them bickering. Um, and your mother seems upset. And your father seems uh, to be kind of defensive. They're, you, you pick up quickly on the topic of their discussion as being uh, Rousseau. Um, you don't, it almost seems like there's been prior discussion. So there are some things you're losing out on. But they, uh, your mother seems upset that, uh, that like your father had this other son even though it was before her like you you can logic that out like he hadn't even met her yet so like she's upset there but also that she's like watching him um where as he should be watching you instead and and stuff like that and he's being defensive that he should be able to watch both of you and that you're both important that he didn't know about Russo and so she like starts snapping back with well would that have changed anything like they're arguing and not in a good way which um wall of the room is this um the north wall in the arbitrary layout of this building yeah is um, there a for door context that or windows uh, no um but there is another room on the side other side of that wall uh -huh. um and that room uh is kind of like the uh the kitchen living room area okay then um i mean i imagine that like riley listens to this for a little bit and uh it's it gets to the point where he he's kind of at a toss like emotionally at a toss up of like am I just gonna like sit here and listen to it or am I gonna go see what's behind this wall and uh, I think he settles on the latter like at a dramatic point in the argument that he's listening in on he just kind of like takes a deep breath and uh, will try to go into the next room to see of uh, whatever <laughs> might be in that room if anything so while while you're determining uh this and right right as you're kind of uh deciding yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna go check this out um <clears throat> you're you hear your parents uh um, their their bickering comes to sort of like this crescendo of, of noise in your head, and uh, you hear like a heavy thud, like a heavy footprint or not footprint, damn it, <laughs> a heavy footstep, and then they both uh, fall quiet. The footstep coming from the same area as their voices behind this wall or from somewhere else? Uh, uh, from the same place, same place. Yeah. Okay. Um, Riley probably only hesitates for just a moment, um, but he's going to carry through 
in uh, checking things out, methinks. Okay. So you go out into that main room uh, and something feels definitely very off. Um, the door, uh, which you're sure you closed, is slightly ajar. The storm is still raging outside and one of the windows, uh, the paint, uh, not the panes, they don't have like glass or anything, but the shutters. The shutters are kind of like flapping with the wind. Uh, and you feel uneasy, like you're being watched. But there's no one or nothing really. Make me a perception check. I can do that, I think. Let's see. Let's find out if I can. Um, yeah, how's a nat 20 for a 30 sounds? I see everything. Something, something brambles. Or dust, All or right. whatever the fuck hat said. So you look down, and you see uh, water on the floor near the door. And you, you follow the trail, and you see a... a it starts to sort of coalesce into a, a puddle. And you bring out um something uh to to sort of like add some light um and you see this puddle is um only water near the edge and it quickly like swirls into a giant pool of blood and you see your parents lying there uh hacked into large pieces uh, as if struck by a heavy blade. And then you feel, or you hear a heavy footprint behind you and a sound like the finger chinks on a gauntlet uh, reaching out towards you near your right ear. Well, um, yeah. Uh, I, I suppose we're Riley in a more rational state of mind. Um, there might be a different approach here, but considering that all he's been through and all he's been dealing with, like emotionally and mentally on his own for uh, quite a while now, um, uh, I, I think he goes with the gut response of not really rationally thinking, just kind of uh, approaching this from like, oh, I see this and this is how it's like upsetting me or, you know, it, it's more of an emotional approach than a rational one. So if he senses that, um, I, I feel like. Uh, he probably uh, he was in bed writing got up to investigate closed the book um, like if it's safe to say he brought his, his, the rapier with him um, that's fine if not then eh, let's do let's do not I'm gonna go with not okay. this time because he was in bed writing you know just about to settle down there's no reason it would be like strapped to his side or anything like that um, I, I think he kind of felt safe, especially with Russo there. So he probably left it in bed or next to bed. So then his immediate reaction is um, to spin around and I guess attempt to grab the wrist of whatever's uh, trying to get near him. All right. Make me a CMB check. Yeah. I can definitely roll some dice. It's an 18. So you you uh, you spin around and you you grab you grab the wrist um, and 
for for a split second, you you swear you saw a hulking figure in heavy plate armor, uh, but only out of the corner of your eye. As you grab outward and actually grab the wrist, you see a concerned-looking Russo kind of staring at you like, okay, that's a little rough. Riley just kind of blinks a moment, and then he he looks at where he's grabbing Russo at the wrist. Uh, and it's not like he immediately lets go. He totally doesn't um, until he mentally can piece everything together, and then he very quickly lets go of uh, Russo's wrist. Not that he's a particularly strong guy, but, <laughs> you know. Well, he wasn't on the defensive at all either, so... Um, uh, you all right? You're breathing kind of heavily. I hear it from the other room. Huh. Um, and like, as you look around the room now, everything's normal. The door is slightly ajar, but there's only like the rain that has trickled in. Um, and the one shutter is still flapping. But there's no blood, no corpses, no... Right trail into the room right um e uh yes i suppose i'm sorry i thought i heard something from here uh, I, mean, I want you to go ahead and make a bluff since you're trying to hide something yeah that's fair 27 damn that's yeah, a lot i have um, a really good <laughs> bluff unfortunately <laughs> Uh, um, what, what is your sense motive, young man? Oh, not that. Oh, that's not horrible. Um, all right. Well, I can tell you're not saying something, but I won't press you, I suppose. Uh, Riley takes another look around the room and slowly nods and says, um, something I've, bothering you? Uh, well, to be perfectly honest, there's a great many things that are bothering me these nights, and perhaps it's just weighing on me a little too much and is affecting my sleep. You know, saving the world can be a very, uh, a lot of pressure. suppose so. Not just that, but a lot of new things to take in. Bro, I didn't know I had a brother. And, uh, I didn't really know Varit, except what I've learned through Quiet, and, uh, <clears throat> things have definitely been interesting since, uh, we met both the first time and more recently. Yes. My, uh, life has been... A non-stop trip of new experiences ever since I landed in Stormbluff, really. Can't say a new experience is always a good thing. Something you want to talk about? He kind of like leans over, looks quizzically. Riley takes a deep breath. I think that perhaps I was maybe dreaming Though it's not too far-fetched to say that my mind might have been playing tricks on me. But 
I thought for a moment that I was overhearing my parents having arguments in this room. Which is why you caught me here. And I must say, Russo, it's lucky for you I didn't have my blade on me. Because if I did, I probably would have slammed it into your arm. Well, I'm grateful for that then. But yes. uh, I can't speak to whether or not you were sleepwalking or awake. Didn't get a exactly get a look at your face before you were at my wrist. Which I suppose is still better than my throat. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, it's hard for me to tell. Looking back, uh. Riley will uh, take another looky-look around the room and just kind of continue to assess the situation. Um, if it was a dream, it seems to still be bothering you. And I take it there was some danger, otherwise a, a threat of stabbing is probably not the first thing that would have come to mind. Oops. Uh, Riley nods and says, the tail end, what you caught me looking at was I had an image of um, my parents. Uh, however, they were very much quite dead. And when you snuck up on me, I had a strong suspicion that obviously not you, you, but whoever was sneaking up on me might have been the culprit. I wasn't exactly sneaking. I wasn't being obnoxiously loud, but you did seem distracted, I suppose. Or perhaps you heard me in your sleep. Riley crosses his arms and says, Rousseau, did... I don't really remember. Did I mention yet that I, that I know the individual, or I know of the individual um, that killed my father, our father? I think you may have mentioned it, yes. Bit vague, but... Well, it seems that my mind is at least in some ways fixated on it. Well, I'd say that if I didn't know who had taken somebody I greatly cared about out of my life, that, and I knew who had done it, that I wouldn't be a little too imaginative about what I might do to them. The thing is, I don't know how much of an opportunity I'll have to devote to schemes of revenge or vengeance or justice or whatever you wish to call it. There are a lot of things that we don't get the opportunities for. A lot of chances we miss. True. But there's also things that I don't know if I can rightly let go of. And there's a small part of me that hopes in some way, in some fashion that there's a crossroad somewhere down the way between here and saving the world from being destroyed, that I'll meet my father's killer and be able to rent him from this world for once and for once and for all. I can drink to that. If you want to have some too, and he pulls out a flask. I thought you'd never ask. 
and Riley will take it from him. I'm not the whole damn thing. Long leave some for me. Oh, you didn't have one for yourself too. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. I suppose I've got a little bit of wine left, but oh well. Um, yeah, I, I mean, with that, Riley will just kind of escort or try to get um, Russo to to leave this room and go back to where we were bunking down. Um, but I figured the two of them could talk a little bit. The, um, maybe just chit-chat into the night. Um, maybe a little bit of just a few personal stories of their childhood. Um, from my standpoint, the, the one question I do want to ask or have Riley ask is if... Uh, Russo knows if Veritz was around at all, even when Russo was very, very young and doesn't quite remember. No, to my knowledge, he probably didn't know I existed, though there's nothing explicitly stating that he wasn't around. Uh, from what I've been able to gather, he left this, he left Stormbluff. Uh, before my mother ever knew that she was pregnant, so. Riley uh, kind of gestures, um, opening his arms in a, a, a weird sort of expression, like a shrug. And he just kind of admits, um, the dream or whatever I had, my parents were discussing you. Um, which is why I've asked or felt the need to ask if my father, our father, was involved in your at least early life. But if that's not the case, as far as you're aware, then I suppose I'm just going completely mad. As I said, to my knowledge, no. And over the years, Quiet has given me quite a bit of knowledge as to my personal origins, but I can't say that he had anything really to do with me other than my eventuality, I suppose. And I don't begrudge him that. If he didn't know, how was he supposed to take responsibility? And even then, that may have caused more problems for me and my family than would have been good for anybody, really. True. And I suppose now it hardly matters too much we are where we stand. So I, I do wish that I haven't, or I wish that I hadn't lost everything of my family's when I left Solaria. There were plenty of books that my father had penned or written, um, several with several of which I read to get a handle on the blade um, as I was growing up. But I think it would have been nice to at least offer you the ability, the ability to understand the man a little bit more. I appreciate the thought. Riley nods. And we'll uh, finish drinking off whatever it was that Russo had. <laughs> uh, it was like probably whiskey. He actually, as he's, as Riley's like finishing it off, he'll say, you know, I vaguely remember that I at one point had a flask of something on my person. And his brows kind of furrow and he'll like go grab up his uh, backpack and like look through it. But I'm pretty sure Rat stole his flask of alcohol way yep. back when. Yeah. 
<laughs> so yeah, he like dumps out his backpack and he like shakes his head and crosses his arms and says, Well, I truly must be going mad. I guess not. I could have sworn that I carried a flask of something. Oh well. Could have lost it. People misplace things all the time. And it doesn't seem like your uh your adventures have been particularly easy for the matter. With a uh, deep breath, Riley will just kind of nod and put all his shit back into his backpack. <laughs> uh, as for the small talk that you mentioned, um, Rousseau's childhood was not actually especially exciting. Um, he, of course, grew up in a much better environment than you did. Uh, he was... His parents are wealthy. Um, he... Part of like his origins as to why he is where he is um, are like he just never felt right like treating other people like they were less than him uh, and like just innately uh, he seemed quite empathetic to people basically and so as the years went on he only like sort of self reinforced that self and over and over and then uh eventually when he got a fencing tutor and learned of his actual origins uh that only sort of emboldened him to sort of fight against the system even if secretly uh while also taking the uh more direct route of sort of like improving conditions for workers and rights of like people who make rich people their money and things like that uh albeit as the scion of a wealthy family and not the head of it uh his scope there was limited so he became the flying hymen riley will say so you took a secret identity to do good in this world and act well on two fronts. That sounds an awful lot like being a vigilante, Russo. Not mechanically, but yes. I see. If you squint, then <laughs> sure. <laughs> I'm supposed yeah, to okay. God damn it. I don't oh, blame yeah. you. No one wants to be a vigilante. <laughs> Nobody except this guy that makes me talk. <laughs> um. <laughs> yes. But yeah. Um... <laughs> So you kind of get a little bit of insight into his youth and he asks you about yours and you go back and forth a bit. Yeah. <clears throat> and so I think we'll probably cut that one there. I like the brother moment. That was nice. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm really lucky that I wasn't carrying my rapier because I was like, I go, I was about to say I spin around and stab this dude in the arm and that would not have been too great. Uh, I I probably wouldn't have let it kill them if you'd done a shit ton of damage because it is a stab in the arm. Yeah, I mean, that's the that's a smart thing to do to draw some sort of line between what would be interesting narratively and what would be devastating mechanically. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, my minimum damage is like 56, so... Only if I vital strike. You just cut his arm off, that's all.
Hi there, my name's Don. I'm a proud patron of this podcast you just listened to. I'd like to take a moment to talk about some of the projects that I work on. When I'm not listening to Tracy, Sean, and the rest of the gang tell wonderful stories using the Pathfinder rules, I like to make podcasts of my own. I'm the GM in the Starfinder homebrew adventure Hexgrid Heroes. On the other side of the GM screen, I play Cory in Pokemon Seicho and Peleus in Ashes and Allomancy. I also like to sit around and talk with my friends about how horror movies can be used in a haunted house setting, and for that, check out Fountain of Fear. All of these podcasts can be found at hexgridheroes.com. Good day. This is Dick Horney, inviting you to explore the world of Dustress, a unique homebrew setting within an Elder's Dream Games universe. Come along as the Hive Queen leads a gambler, Cowboy motherfucker with six shooter. I ain't never moved cattle in my life. I am a gambler. A Native American. He he doesn't have a lifetime of eating processed food, so he probably is actually quite regular. And a Detroit teenager. Okay, so we're rolling into elves, aliens, and troll dolls. Through discovery of new magical abilities, struggle with the reality of unknown gods, and maybe learn a little bit about themselves along the way. Visit Eldritch Dream and Dustress Podcast on Twitter for details. They took to the stars and became stars. So it says here you're from another galaxy? Yeah, Milky Way. I don't think I'm ever going to get used to saying that. A band that influenced entire galaxies. Sector 8, let's make some... Until their inevitable downfall. Fuck you, and fuck you too, Switzerland. Thanks for having my fucking back. Now, 20 years later, they find themselves unpleasantly reunited. James, what are you doing here? We're an entire motherfucking galaxy, and you show up on this place. In a place where things are not what they expected. One of our staff members just happened to go missing this morning, and uh, I kind of had... Travis? I understand. Why the uh, fuck do you have a guitar? <laughs> LCP D&D presents Odyssey, a musical actual play adventure set in space using the Savage World system. Listen in by searching for LCP D&D on your favorite podcast platform or find us at lcpdnd.com. Welcome, Forsaken Travelers. Do you like sci-fi fantasy atmosphere? Do you like bad, scary movies, cult classics, and more? The Crow, Beetlejuice, Frankenstein? What about dad jokes? We have those, too. Tune in to the podcast for the untimely dead every other Sunday on your favorite podcast app. We'll see you there. If you would like to become a patron, check us out on patreon.com forward slash Dream. Also, if you like the show, give us a review on iTunes. You can also find us in the Hive, that's our Discord, link in the description below. You can also find a link to our merch on sonerdware.com. And find us on Twitter, at EldritchDream, at EternaP, and at Dustress Podcast. And until next time, everybody... May the Elder Gods haunt your dreams.